0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in
1: KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. As usual, I'll give a few announcements, and I got two very special guests that will be uh, on the line with us today, and we certainly appreciate them. Uh, to Laniece Rogers, uh, one of the staffers here at 91.5 Jazz and More, happy birthday. And then we have uh, condolences again to the Coda Simmons family. His daughter, Stacy, and son, Chris, they did a phenomenal job with his services this past weekend. I can tell you that, uh, no, CODIS wasn't perfect, but he did serve in the military and also did a number of years, I think around 30, with Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. His children, they did a phenomenal job. Again, they had uh, uh, Honor Guard from the United States Army as well as the Las Vegas Fire Department Honor Guard. And uh, it was a well-done service. So thank you to you two young people. And I know it's going to be hard because we will all miss Codice. He was such a tremendous uh, person in our community. So condolences once again to that family. And, oh, my goodness, on the the level of uh, personalities within our community, We lost John Nash, and John Nash is a radio personality here on 91.5 Jazz and More. He does a morning show, or he did do a morning show. And when I heard the news, man, you talk about just when you see someone, and I've only actually known John about two years. I knew of him as a radio personality, but I would sit with him for the uh, membership drive and pledge drive. And he was the guy I wanted to sit with to help to raise money for for the radio station. And I came from uh, another radio station where I worked under, at the time, Commissioner uh, Dr. Lawrence Weekly and also um, uh, another young lady who helped me so much in preparing myself to be a radio host, and that was uh, Patricia Cunningham. But one thing John told me was, because I said, John, I have to have a script. He said, that's okay. I, I use a script. But he also told me, you find your own way. You be you on your show. You don't have to try to be someone else. You be who you are. So I am going to miss John. In fact, today, later today, I should say, uh, at 1 p.m. at St. Timothy Church, uh, 43 West Pacific Avenue in Henderson, uh, they will have a celebration of John's life there, and in lieu of flowers, he'd asked folks to make a donation to the radio station ninety one point five five jazz and more, or St Timothy's Church, so again, I plan to be there, and again, what a great guy he's a guy that when you meet him, you think that you've known him for. A number of years. And like I say, I actually knew him about two years. Uh, what a great guy and condolences again to his family. He always talked about his son and his, uh, his fiance. So uh, we know you'll miss him as we will. And, and to, uh, Dr. Ridley and the staff here, they've done a wonderful job in honoring this man. So thank you for that. With that, I have two, as I said, wonderful guests that are colleagues of mine in the fire service as we uh, conduct what we call the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute out of Dillard University. Good morning, gentlemen.
2: Good morning. Good morning, Dave.
1: Hey, we got uh, Chief Cassie Peters and Mr. Adrian Rutledge. First of all, gentlemen, I know that you both are veterans, so uh, I got a few questions for you. Kazi, would you start, please? Just give us uh, an idea of what branch and how many years did you serve in the military?
2: Well, uh, good morning again, Dave, and just appreciate you inviting me to the show. Uh, I served in the United States Marine Corps, ooh, and ooh. I actually uh, enlisted uh, in 1972, mm. and it was during the Vietnam War, and uh, served for two years uh, in the Marine Corps and uh, discharged two years later after the war uh, ended in 1973, the ceasefire was called, and uh, uh, that ended my tour of duty, mm. two years in the Marine Corps, and I served in the headquarters battalion mm-hmm. Uh the 3rd Marine Division.
1: So what was your your job? What was your MOS?
2: My MOS was a O 0351 anti-tank assault man. Wow. But uh I did serve. I went over to uh that was my MOS out of boot camp. Mm-hmm. And then I went over. I took an assignment in a classified base with the MAG 15. That's the Marine Corps Air Wing 15. Mm-hmm. And they were at a classified base uh, right out of Laos, Cambodia. And I served there as unclassified now, but uh, uh, I had an airstrip there and uh, provided guard support there until the ceasefire. And then I came back to the United States.
1: So what was your rank when you were discharged?
2: I was discharged. I was an E4. E4. I picked up rank pretty fast. In two years, I was an E4 and had uh, time and grade for E5 if I had read up. But (laughs) it was time for me to get out. They wanted to send me to DI school, Dave, and I didn't want any part
1: of that. <laughs> oh, you going to be a drill master. Hey, man. Yeah, that don't seem to fit your personality. You're more laid back than them guys who's screaming in your face constantly. <laughs> kind of like I was well, as a training officer. <laughs> cool. Yes,
2: and back in that day, you know, they could actually do some physical things to you as well. Right, right. I wasn't going to take part in that,
1: no. Right, I hear you. Mr. Agent Rutledge.
2: Yes, sir.
1: What branch and how long?
0: Well, thank you, Dave, for inviting me on your show. I was in the Army. uh, went in in March of 1964. Uh, I ETS in March of 66. I was a military police. I was a 951.
1: Mm, with Gene Kelly. Uh,
0: yeah stationed uh, most of the time here uh, down at Fort Hood, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, toward the part, toward the last probably nine months that I was in, uh, I was in the uh, fourth on the color guard. Mm-hmm. And that was during the time that LBJ was president. And every time he would come home, we would have to be on alert and go and post colors that sometime it was in San Antonio, sometime it was Waco, and sometime it was in El Paso. But Mm -hmm. uh, I developed a intense dislike for Texas because (laughs) I didn't get a a chance to really enjoy the weekends because that's what he normally came on. But Uh as God would have it, I ended up moving back here ten years later than many ever since.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> so, I also was I was a I was a corporal Okay. Uh, when I uh ETS. Uh, mm-hmm. in fact I made corporal in eleven eleven months.
3: Mm, okay.
0: Uh rank was pretty easy to make in in the military police if you was if
1: you did your job. Mm hmm. Okay. So what did you do once you uh, discharged, Adrian?
0: Before I went in, I was a tailor. My mother was a professional seamstress and tailor, and mm. I saw so I grew up in that world. Okay. And before I went in the military, I was a tailor. And when I got out of the military, I went back to work at the same uh, men's store that I was at that I was working at before I. Uh, went in, Mm -hmm. and just really wasn't feeling that. I'd been working in the atmosphere around all guys outside. Now I'm in the basement of a men's store in a room with three or four ladies, very sweet ladies. (laughs) But that being confined... Just didn't fit me anymore, and I joined the fire department in in uh, June of June the 1st of '66, three months after I got out of the military.
1: Mm. So, Dr. Holmes was already there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with Carl for all the time I was for almost nine years.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So, you did nine with the Oklahoma City Fire Department, and from There you went where?
0: Went to the insurance business. I went to work for uh, a major uh, all lines insurance company. I don't know if it'd be a good idea for me to name the (laughs) name of the company, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I was uh, I was with that company for eight years. They promoted me to manager and moved me to Texas in seventy four. And uh, that I've owned my own brokerage ever since, which kind of brings me to something since we're talking military and we're talking uh, the insurance business. Mm -hmm. A lot of military individuals who are on Medicare may not be
3: aware
0: that there are Medicare plans designed specifically for them that has a zero monthly premium and it actually puts some some or all of the Part B Medicare premium, which is $164.90. Mm-hmm. And there are plans out there that will put some of that back on your check. And there's some plans out there that'll put it all back on your social security check. And it would really behoove any individuals who have Medicare A and B right to look into that because it's just sitting there, they're, they're called Patriot Plans.
1: Patriot Plan. Okay. And so you can just Patriot Google it. I'm sure. I'm, I'm assuming and you can Google that Patriot Plan. I'm
0: pretty sure you can one of the carriers is there's plenty United Humanity, Edna, and plenty of mm. other carriers out there, Patriot Plan, and it'll probably pop up.
1: Great. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate that. And let me say this to you veterans out there, it can save you a few bucks. Now, Cassie, what did you do upon um, your departure from the military?
2: Yes, sir. Well, uh it was kind of hard for me to find my way. I'd stumble around a couple of years. Mm. Uh, I was poor before I went into the military, and I was poor when I got out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I was trying to do was find little odd jobs and things like that, and it was we weren't received very well because mm. coming back from Vietnam, oh yeah, it was one of those things that was almost, you know, it's kind of a – nobody really applauded us, you know, coming back. And so I had a hard time adjusting and actually went down and almost signed up again mm. to reenlist. Mm-hmm. I came very – Close to that. But what happened uh, is uh, God's will is done. So, I, what happened? I ended up with the Phoenix Fire Department. I was trying to pursue, become a police officer, but I got selected to become a firefighter. They weren't accepting police officers at the time and signed up for that. And uh, I ended up uh, serving 31 years with Phoenix Fire Department. I started in 1976 Uh and retired in 2007 with 31 years as an assistant chief here. So uh, I was totally blessed.
1: Absolutely. You know, I I met Kazzy the first time we met. I was in Phoenix for an affirmative action uh, conference. And that's been many, many moons ago. And we've been friends ever since. And then to find out later, we wind up he. Doctor Holmes, Carl Holmes, and Kazzy's, uh boss at the time, Alan Brunacini, Chief Brunacini, were good friends, and and next thing you know, Cassie uh, hooked up with Doc. Uh, we all got got involved with EDI, which is where I want to go to next, gentlemen, because you guys are integral parts of that organization. In fact, both of you are my bosses. I report to to five directors and, and a chairwoman who happens to be Dr. Holmes' daughter, Carla Holmes, which she's been on the show before as well. Look, let's talk a little bit about EDI and, and, and your involvement and, and why do you stay involved?
2: Was that to me, Dave? Either one. Okay. Well, I'll start out. Uh, well, EDI to me is just really giving back. Uh, currently, I serve as the State Fire Marshal here in Arizona, and so I'm in, I'm involved with a lot of fire departments, uh, career volunteer and combination fire departments. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding EDI, it's just there's a need there, you know, for our sisters and brothers in the fire service and uh, sharing the leadership and some of the things that I picked up in my career to be able to pass that on as building blocks for some of the younger uh, aspiring uh, firefighters that want to become captains, uh, supervisors, uh, battalion chiefs, deputy chiefs, and then actually end up, the ultimate is to become fire chief of that fire department and so there's more fire chief positions out there than really qualified individuals. So my commitment has been over the years. I've been involved with uh, EDI now uh, for over 25 years. But mm-hmm. it's just a pleasure to go out there and give back. Uh, my class that I host there is a HR class, you know, human resources, and just uh, some of the things that we do involved with human resources, hiring and, and, uh, and federal laws, uh, compliance, and all the other things that I've learned and been able to help you know, individuals with promoting and testing and all the other things involved. Right. So it's just a way of me giving back and being uh, actively involved.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So, Mr. Rutledge, what you got, Adrian?
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been involved with EDI, EDI now about 21 years, uh, Paul and um Another very good friend of mine, Sherman Carpenter, had been recruiting me for probably two or three years before I ever decided to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted me to come and be the photographer for EDI. And once I came, I think my first year was in around uh, 99, Mm -hmm. and uh, I experienced that, that, that fellowship, that Brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, that spirit, really, of EDI. EDI has a very, very sweet spirit. Uh, It's a spirit of, like Cassie said, of reaching back and assisting those that are coming along behind you. uh, With a motto, all I am, I owe, I live eternally in the red. Uh, It comes full circle and you really feel that particular motto and to just be there and be involved with those youngsters uh as as they're making their way and being able to be in a position to offer a little advice a little counsel from time to time uh Just reaching back and helping those that are coming along behind us Mm -hmm. and knowing that uh, there's a tremendous, tremendous need for what EDI is about.
3: Right.
1: Once again, Las Vegas, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. We have two wonderful guests, good friends and colleagues of mine. uh, Chief. Cassie Peters and Mr. Adrian Rutledge, and these guys are they're, they're very humble, very modest. But I can tell you that uh, we do a a service, a religious type service, on Sundays, and these guys collaborate. They get it all done. Uh, Adrian was our speaker this year, and generally, and, and we know how God works, man. He sets the tone. Generally, what happens in that service, whether it's full or not full of people, there's a tone that is set f- that will carry us for the week. And also, uh, Cassie is a is a great singer and musician. He has done the service and <laughs> helped to run the, the graduation services. And uh, I love it. Cassie. As easygoing as he is, Las Vegas, I can tell you, and to the world, I should say, because you can't hear this program anywhere in the world with the um, – just pick up the app, a free app, in fact. But uh, Cassie and and Miss Joy, now we have Cynthia Heron, who's running the, the program now. But I can tell you, well, assisting pretty much uh, Cassie. I can tell you that they have fine-tuned this thing. And to see the graduation service, because I remember, as I told Carla, when she was on a couple months ago, when our youngest daughter, Amber, was at the time going to— uh, Southern University Baton Rouge campus she came down for the graduation she just cried like a baby cuz she said this is so wonderful to see all you guys together and for these students to go through the 5 year program and graduate it is it is wonderful and the again the service both the ser- the religious service and the graduation service are things that these students take with them for life and i can tell you the camaraderie as has been mentioned is 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 phenomenal uh, further comments, gentlemen.
2: I just wanted to, uh, to to kind of expand on what you just mentioned there, as far as the commitment and the feeling and the and what we do there at EDI. Really, it's a family kind of atmosphere, and it's one where you develop friendships and networking for life. True. And so, regardless, you know, what you're facing, if it's some uh, 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 something that you're facing in your personal life or in your professional life or a challenge or something that you're preparing yourself for, you always have the ability to reach out. I mean, and you have these relationships and friendships that are lifelong.
1: Very true. Very true. In fact, I can tell you that uh, as I was working on getting, well, actually, I call myself preparing to, to, to achieve a rank of assistant chief, I didn't make it. I was highly upset, so much so that I wanted to just say, you know, I had 25 years. I said, you know what, I'm getting out of here. So I called some individuals, uh, Carl Holmes, Bob Demons, uh, friend, Al Nero, and Herschel Clady. And all of them basically told me, you know, you know how you call people to look for sympathy. You're sniveling and you're whining. <laughs> they all told me. That. Herschel said, get off your knees. You're a better man. And it, and not only that, be better prepared next time. In fact, Herschel say, come by the house next time we're down, down you're down in Southern Cal and we will, uh, I'm going to show you some stuff. He showed me this three ring binder. You know, Herschel was a cool dude, man. Herschel, and I couldn't do it. I said, I ain't doing that. Herschel got this three-ring binder with all letters of recommendations, all his certifications, this, that, and the other. And he had his picture on the front. I said, I'm not doing that. So I put this old plain cover on mine. And Marsha said, who do you think's going to look at that thing? So she went online and found one of our big red fire engines, one of them new pierces, and she put that yeah. on the cover. Man, and when I walked into that, interview room it just jumped off the page but uh yeah you, it, th- those friendships really helped me along the way as you guys do as as uh as directors of the carl holmes executive development institute and i can tell you folks that for those who know me sometimes i have a short fuse and these guys both along with the other directors have called me at just when god thinks you need some direction or somebody to pull the reins on you because you finna do something totally stupid <laughs> So I appreciate you guys for sure. Adrian, you got anything else you'd like to add?
0: Just one of those uh little shout out to you, Dave, because you, you do a, a very good job for EDI and uh uh you respected, you admired. Uh as you've heard me say many times before, stay the course. Mm-hmm. I I do yes. appreciate uh the invite to your uh, radio show and listening audience, and be looking forward to someday you may invite me back.
3: Oh, and, for sure. Uh, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And I kind of get you over know, what, uh, Cassie was saying that there's relationships that we develop at EDI that, I mean, you're really among the best of the best. And it's just very fruitful. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate yeah. the invite.
1: Oh, for sure, and, uh, like and give give that information again on the the Medicare uh, item. Uh, would you please? Because I think that's important for the veterans out there to hear and hopefully take some action in regards to.
0: Yes, for any veteran who has Medicare A and B, there is a Medicare Advantage plan. Some is some refer to it as a Part C, but it's a plan that covers doctor, hospital, and prescription drugs all in one plan. Hmm. And those plans, the ones that are designed for veterans, do not conflict with either your VA benefits or it doesn't conflict with Tricare for Life. Hmm. Uh, They work right hand in hand, but what it does in most cases, and in some cases, it does put back into your Social Security check that 16490 are a large part of it, and I can testify because that's the plan that I have on myself.
1: <laughs> I heard that. Mm-hmm. What you got, Cassie? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I just had one other thing I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, echo, what uh, what uh, Adrian mentioned about you. It's just, I appreciate your hard work, uh, Dave, and your commitment because truly we're there for, for that reason. We're there, and I want to also, since we're talking about EDI as uh just thank the staff out there at Dillard University because they try and make us feel at home when we're there. And then all of the uh, officers, all of the instructors that come out, this is all volunteer, no one's getting paid for this. And like myself, they've been there many, many years supporting this program. And most of all, I want to acknowledge those students who come out there and make that commitment and go through the program, go through all the modules and graduate. So I just want to acknowledge that effort because it's a collective effort and it's beneficial. It's not only benefiting those individuals, but it it benefits all of our individual communities because they go back and they give that service to the community. And that's what it's all about. It's about service. So just thank you for this opportunity. Look forward to Doing
1: this again. Sure, and you know what? To your point, you know, a lot of people, you know, they assume that we come down there and we're paid staffers, but I always try to reiterate that as well, that we're all volunteer staff. We come down there out of our love and appreciation for wanting to do something to help to grow those other folks who have taken the reins within the fire service and, and, and go back and do good things within your respective communities. And I know that uh, it rubs off. In fact, uh, I recall Kaz when we were revamping, and I know we got to get it back online again. And that's the uh, the mod six. It's it's more of a, yes. it's considered more like a graduate level uh, program. In the, in the coursework yes. that is done. And, and Kazi did a tremendous job in terms of preparing some items that these students would have to do more writing. And we're not trying to be like the National Fire Academy or any other institute of higher learning, if you will. Yeah. We have our own identity. And as Adrian said, one of our mottos, all I am, I owe, I live eternally in the red. Yes. So uh, – you guys are greatly appreciated because, again, this work that we're doing is going to continue to to fulfill uh, the goals of us as people within this service. And I can tell you that uh, we had three that we scholarshiped from Ghana this year. So we will continue to do the good work, and uh, I, I appreciate the support that you guys have given me over time because, I tell folks all the time, you can't do this alone. And I also know that for me, uh, and I used to tell Dr. Holmes, I said, you know, long as you're doing not asking me to do anything that's law-breaking, I'll ride with you to the end. And certainly we know he passed a few years back and turned the reins over to me. But again, the way it's structured, I report to you guys uh and we set policy, well you set policy as well as uh approve any spending that we may do. And then the officer level folks, we actually do the work, we make it happen. So but but collectively is how it's done and and the work then to include those photos, a lot of people don't realize where they say a, a picture's worth a thousand words. And, and you can see the joy in their eyes when because I know, agents, sometimes you guys go from classroom to classroom getting some of those extra shots of, of people in action and doing things. So once again, appreciate you, gentlemen. And this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. And I will certainly have you guys back on again as guests. And as we close out, That's I want right. to say to uh to our listening audience out there, Saturday, July 29th at 1 p.m. at St. Timothy Church, 43 West Pacific Avenue in Henderson in lieu of flowers. Make donations to the radio station here, 91.5, Jazz and More, or St. Timothy's Church in honor of our friend, Mr. John Nashin. Thanks, gentlemen.
0: Thank you. Thank you, my brother.